And uh, let's uh, talk to you a little bit here uh, about First Liberty Institute. Uh, First Liberty Institute is a great organization filled with really good people who fight all the time for religious freedom across the country and your constitutional rights. Court packing is on their agenda heavily right now. We've seen what happened with the the Trump judges that have been put in uh, throughout the system. Well, the left doesn't like that all that much. Uh, They don't like the constitutional um, uh, protections that you have to be enforced by the courts. They want an activist court that's going to do something different. And the way that they're trying to get around this right now is this special committee set up by Joe Biden. Um, who they want to add four liberal justices to the Supreme Court, which, of course, would destroy the constitutional rule of law in this country as if it needs any more further destruction. First Liberty is standing up against this. They need your help, and they want you to sign on with them to help them out. Um, This is something that they've been working on for a long time, but this is a real key. Just a couple days away is a big deadline on this. SupremeCoup.com is where you can go to get all the information and sign up to help. SupremeCoup, C-O-U-P.com, SupremeCoup.com. May God bless America. Thanks to First Liberty Institute for all the work that they're doing. You know, it has given me a great deal of hope to see the average American standing up against all the odds when everybody is telling you, you can't make it, you won't make it, you can't do that, and you stand up and do it. Saving people in Afghanistan, this audience in particular, is one of those things. They're pushing back so hard to punish and to make sure that everybody understands, no, without the State Department, without the White House, without the military, you can't do these things. Well, you're proving them wrong every day. And it gives me hope to see people who are standing up peacefully and doing these things and just not taking no for an answer. Peter Bogosian is um, a guy who we disagree on, I'm sure, a ton of things. Um, however, I think we really, at least I do, I really respect him as an honest broker. He's a guy that we might have differences of opinion uh, on, but I will tell you, it's at least an honest argument. And we can live side by side forever with people that are honest and are willing to have an open dialogue. Peter had to finally uh, remove himself and resign from Portland State University. He was a professor of philosophy there uh, and did a lot of good on teaching people how to think. Well, he's had to resign because what's happening now is crazy. He's here to talk about it in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. It's a good thing you remembered to bring your guitar and harmonica today. If you're sitting there on the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to come, get you out of warranty. You know, I, I don't have a warranty on my car, so I'm just going to sing the blues here. Your car broke down and you got the blues on how much money it's going to take, especially if it's a chip. If you don't want to end up in that scenario, 
then maybe it's time to check out CarShield's customizable plans to see which one is affordable and right for you. Um, if, if you have a covered repair, CarShield is absolutely the best. And I can say this because I know I have it on my two old trucks that I have at the farm. Uh, they've saved me, gosh, I, I, could, I could safely say... $8,000, maybe $9,000 over the last five years on those trucks, and they're still running. They wouldn't have been. I would have sold them for scrap a long time ago if I didn't have coverage from CarShield. It's affordable. You can help design it, and they'll get you, when you're in a pinch, they'll get you on the road, rental car, uh, roadside assistance, and they take care of everything. It's carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10% right now. Carshield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. Former Portland State University professor and author of How to Have Impossible Conversations, which I would like to talk to him about, perhaps at a later date, um, Peter Bogosian. He joins us now. Hi, Peter. How are you, sir? Glenn, it is a pleasure to to speak with you again. Likewise. you know, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. I don't even know how long ago it was, but I did a podcast with you. And you at one point looked at me um, uh, just almost with crazy eyes and went, I am really trying hard to find a way to hate you. And I can't I can't do it. Um, you know, we both have that one thing in common that no matter what people say about us, when you can when you have an actual conversation and it's fair and honest i i can't find a way to to i can find a way to disagree with you but i can't find a way to find that you're a monster because you're not yeah i I think that that's right so i i want to thank you for your support in spite of our differences over the years and i think we would make great neighbors and i i've always found you an honest broker of conversation let me ask something so your listeners know that the university system is in crisis now. It's sick. It's not well. And I want to kind of explore some of that with you and get your thinking on this. So I believe very strong. I'll, t- I'll lay my beliefs out on the table sure. and then we, we can talk about those. So I believe very strongly that we need intellectual diversity in our institutions. And yes. I believe that the people who benefit most from that are the students. Faculty also benefit, but the students are those individuals who benefit most from that. Uh, so that's one, one point. The second point is, I, to say the least, do not like Marxism. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a poisonous ideology, yes. and it's a failed ideology. Now, with that said, I believe, and I want to ask if you believe this, I believe that there should be a Marxist in a, an economics department. I don't have a problem with that. As long as it's fairly taught. And look, I, I truly believe two of my favorite um, people that uh, seemingly get along, Peter Singer and Ro- Robbie George, they are completely, right. I love that, by the way. yes, I do too, completely opposite ends of the aisle. Um, and they, they have decent and fair conversations together in front of the classes and they don't beat each other up or call each other names. They state the facts as they understand them. The best universities and the best university professors should push you. If you're a conservative, they should push you on everything that you believe and challenge you and do the same for the liberal in the class and the professor. You should not have any idea which side he's on. 
just teach people how to critically think. Right. And Robbie George and Peter Singer are perfect examples of that because yes. I think they embody intellectual integrity. Yes. But I want to use that as a commonality that you and I have. So you and I both believe that there should be intellectual diversity, our institutions benefit, the faculty benefit, but particularly the students benefit. That commonality that we share, that's absent from those who want to rob us of our cognitive liberty. Yes. That's absent. They don't want intellectual diversity. Correct. They are systematically creating a monoculture where they call divergent voices, and it's not by accident. Well, they're doing that. As you know, Peter, they're doing that beyond the university. I mean, uh, there was a time that I was hired by CNN. There is no way in hell anything like that would ever happen today. Uh, the, same, the same thing with, I mean, try to get, uh, you know, I have a, a book that sold millions of copies that is a, is a great story. Uh, in fact, Paramount bought it at one point, and then the pressure started up, and I can't get anyone in Hollywood to do it, and it doesn't break my heart, but they don't. They will not allow anyone who disagrees with their religion to be able to, to speak out or have a platform at all. Right, and that's exactly what it is. It's a religion, and it's spread from the universities into the society at large. And now people are, many people have woken up to this. Some, some people are still in their, their slumber. The question is either what do we do about it or how do we navigate, like how do we push it back or how do we deal with this thing that we all have to live with? You know, we're all walking on eggshells. We never get to voice our opinion honestly. We never even know what anybody else means. We, listen, it, it, the reason that you and I can have an authentic relationship is because I know what you mean when you say something. Yes. You don't have to pussyfoot around. I, don't, I can speak bluntly and directly to you, and we can engage our disagreements honestly. It's a, a phrase that, that's not used anymore, but like men, right? Like adults, we can sit there. We can, if I don't know what you think and you don't know what I think, we can never have authentic relationships because nobody knows who the other person is. Or it's only what the other person... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, or worse, if one side is telling everyone this is what they mean, and that doesn't reflect reality at all, and they paint you into something entirely different, no, just leaving us as I don't know what they think would be a blessing. But instead, it is it is painting people that they never discuss uh, anything with painting them as monsters. Correct. And, and so I think it's really important for your listeners and others to know the enemy, your enemies are those who want to rob you of cognitive liberties and who want you to think a certain way and to be a certain way. Your enemies are not people who have substantive political disagreements with you. That's what America is about. Yes. This is the land of the free. And that's what we do. There are rules of engagement. We talk to each other. We, we, I'm not a big fan of debate. I much prefer a conversation, but debate is fine. But we engage those ideas in the public square, and then we, we vote on them. 
And I think that we are losing something fundamental in this country. And we have to start talking to each other again. We have to. We have to start speaking across divides. We have to start looking and you put your finger on it exactly. It's people looking at other people as moral monsters. Not merely that they're wrong, but that they're bad people. So, Peter, um, as we are as we are looking at this, uh, I mean, let me say something that I don't think you'll hear others on the right say. And that is uh, right now I am extraordinarily concerned about what's happening in Washington with the power grab, the unconstitutional power grab that is uh, staggering and leaves you breathless when you look at it. But I will tell you, if it continues to go this way and you continue to push people into a corner right now, the number one enemy, according to Democrats, the number one enemy to the to America is the Donald Trump voter. The number one enemy in uh, to Republicans, I believe, is China. uh, And then the next one, I believe, is terror. Number four or five is the Democrats. Um, and I, but I tell you, if you continue to go this way, you're going to get a demagogue the other way that will just be, be just as frightening. We've got to stop this swing so far towards authoritarianism. Yeah. And here's one of the reasons for that. When you disallow people from honestly voicing their opinion through political correctness or what have you. If you do not talk about your problems, your problems will not go away. In fact, quite the contrary, they'll be worse. And if, as a society, we continue to not be honest about the nature of our problems, a strong man or a, or a demagogue or somebody who claims to have all the answers will. But the founders, as you know from your, your, your books and what you've spoken about, the founders were very wise. And they knew that, and they set up systems of checks and balances. But that system is only so resilient as the populace. And so it's not hyperbole to say that we're in a crisis right now where the behavior that started in the universities has seeped out of the universities. And not only are we not talking to each other and looking at each other as moral monsters, but there's, there's a crisis of trust, of confidence in our institutions. And this crisis has to be addressed. But how do you address it? I mean, if you're a conservative, you'll look at, I mean, we conservatives used to believe in the, the Justice Department and the, the court system. And we were probably too far the other way where we thought, no, there's no too far the other way. We should have had more healthy skepticism. But now, I mean, Peter, I said last week because of what's going on and I have a a different view of things because I've been working on saving people in Afghanistan with the audience. Um, I, I said something I never thought I would say before. If this is what they're doing to our face, what are they doing behind my back? And it makes me say I cannot be an American. I'd renounce my citizenship that's an extraordinary thing for me to say, but I have zero trust in these institutions. Right, and that's the problem, and you're not alone. I have zero trust in the institutions. So many people have zero trust in the institutions. And so what you did, everybody should, uh, you know, what you did in Afghanistan is absolutely phenomenal, and everybody across the aisle should be stepping forward and saying, wow, 
that's incredible. Thank you. Like, that's a genuine humanitarian crisis. It doesn't matter what your politics is. You did a phenomenal thing. And so I want to get back to your question of what, what to do about this. I yeah. mean, in an abstract level, at an abstract level, you, you have to stop with this ideological nonsense and you have to make truth the, the North Star of the institution. But in a more uh, concrete level, you have to stand up to bullies. You simply cannot let these people bully you. And you have to be honest that this will probably come at a cost to you. The social media mobs, the slander, the baseless accusations. But if you don't stand up, then that attitude of, I'm ashamed to be American and renounce myself, that's going to spread. Yes. And then what are we, we left with? Nothing. If you think you have problems with America as is the, is the hegemon, wait until the Chinese take over. I know. So, so we have to stand up. The other thing that people have to do, and I, God, I just wish that, you know, listen, I, one of the reasons that I'm on your show, b- besides the fact that I genuinely like you as a person, <laughs> is because, to be blunt with you, you called me, right? Tucker called me. Um, the left won't call me. They won't have conversations. OPB, the Oregonian. I want to talk about what's broken in our, or you don't even have to talk about what's broken. For example, Portland State University uh, President Stephen Percy said that racial justice is his highest priority. Okay, I think there's a legitimate question there. Should racial justice be the highest priority of a taxpayer-funded institution? Nobody on the left will talk about. Will talk about it. So. Here's what I have to say to your audience. Even if people don't want to talk to you, you have to let let it be known that you are willing to talk to them. It has to start somewhere. Okay, so right? so we have to start communicating as Americans. All right. So hang on for 60 seconds. I wish I didn't have another guest coming up in about 10 minutes because may I have you on again, Peter? I want to continue our conversations, but I would like to have you on again soon. Um, Let me break for one minute and then back with Peter Bogosian. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard what the Fed uh, did. The Fed in New York, they they stopped giving us the GDP, one that's the longest running GDP uh, measurement uh, ever in America and the one that makes, you know, investment houses look and uh, helps them guide their investments. Uh, you know, the people who are looking for Social Security, what is that going to mean? The you know cost of living increase. All of that now was erased, uh, literally erased two weeks ago. The Fed in Atlanta decided to buck that trend. They published it. And it is down 41 percent, the the estimate for the last quarter. Our GDP down 41 percent. That is stunning. You're not being given the truth. And meanwhile, they are pushing for more spending in Washington. It's got to stop. Inflation also is going through the roof. Kroger just came out with a report over the weekend. Please, please. Have 10% of your money in something different than the dollar. May I recommend gold or silver at Goldline? Find out about it. You have to make your own decision on this. 
Just for completing an IRA application this week, Goldline will send you a free silver coin when you complete the acquisition for a self-directed IRA. They'll also send you up to 6% in free metals right to your front door for qualified orders. Learn more today. Don't make the decision today. Just start the process today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or go to goldline.com. 10-second station ID. Peter, I think, are, are we scheduled to do a podcast next week? Do you know? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Well, we need to be. <laughs> we need to. And I'd love to have you back. So tell me, where do we start? What is a good starting place? What is a good Well, I, I want to pick up from what I last said. Okay. So if you're willing to engage people in good faith conversations, I think the important thing is to realize at the end of those conversations, if you don't agree, you can let the other person be wrong. That's okay. You don't have to agree with every single thing everybody believes for you, for, for you to be friends or for you to have a drink with them or for you to socialize with them or for you to bowl with them. This is crazy that you have to say this, but you're tr- it it's right. Everybody's trying to win and be right. Stop it. Stop. Reconcile with the truth. That's all that needs to be done. And the truth is, sometimes we disagree. Right. And you can let, that's in our book, How to Have Impossible Conversations, you can let friends be wrong. That's okay if someone doesn't agree with you. In fact, it's probably good because then you can have more interesting conversations, yes. right? You yes. can have spirited conversations, and those conversations won't affect the base of the friendship, the underlying structure is that you're a person who loves the truth. Your relationship is, Aristotle talks about this, the highest form of friendship is between that of two virtuous people. You say what you mean, you're forthright in your speech, you're not sneaky, you're not a liar. That's how you have relationships that matter. And with the corrosion of trust in our institutions and with the universities beset by madness, we are also losing. We're not just losing a society. We're losing our relationships. We're losing our friendships. We're losing our community. Yep. And we need to get that back because that matters. Peter, I think you are an incredibly brave man. Um, just alone to come on this program. Um, but everything that you've done, including resigning uh, at Portland State University, we'd love to have you on again. His name is Peter Bogosian. He's the author of How to Have an Impossible Conversation, or How to Have Impossible Conversations. Uh, And you're going to disagree with his politics, but I think you're going to find him an honest broker and um, a deep thinker that has good advice. More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's nice when the free market finally catches up with corporations. Now, as we are talking about making sure that we reach out and we are with people that don't necessarily agree with us, um, there's a difference between doing business with corporations that are actually fighting for things you vehemently disagree with. For instance, uh, Verizon has been giving money, uh, lots of money, to Planned Parenthood. Some of these big corporations are working on CRT and everything else, and I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't want my money going to further those things. I don't mind a company, 
you know, building, you know, a great network and doing other things. Just don't work against the American values. That's my opinion. If you happen to agree with me, why are you not a member of Patriot Mobile? PatriotMobile.com. Right now, same cell towers as everybody else. They have better service, in my opinion. They have better coverage. They have lower prices. You're going to save money. And they're on your side. Why? Hello? PatriotMobile.com slash back. They're fighting the good fight with you. PatriotMobile.com slash back. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Get early access to those podcasts each week. blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you missed the update from the Nazarene Fund, please go back and listen to the podcast today. It's an hour number two. The future is not set in stone. Uh, you are writing that future right now, and you're not writing it alone. Please join us in our efforts uh, at thenazarenefund.org. We need your help, and we need you to pass on um, the good news and what is happening uh, to your other friends. Uh, maybe the friends that don't agree with you say, look, that we haven't agreed on things in a long time. But this is one of those things we can agree on. We're helping anyone, anyone from American citizens to Christians to non-Christians to women and children. Uh, anyone who is in, in dire straits and about to be executed by the Taliban, including those of the LGBTQI uh, community, um, Please share it with a friend. We need your help at the NazareneFund.org. All right. I want to bring in um, a couple of people that I'm really excited have started uh, a new show on The Blaze. You know Elijah Schaefer. He is the Blaze TV host of Slightly Offensive. But we have started a new program now with Elijah and his co-host, Sidney Watson, called You Are Here. So you know, the first show... Uh, that they did, they grew their YouTube channel from zero to fifty-five subs, uh, fifty-five thousand subs in almost overnight. Um, and their second show doubled in views from their first episode. These guys are really, really hot. They were nobodies uh, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> now they were. I mean, it, I was too. We all were. This is a funny way to introduce a couple <laughs> guests. That's all. They were nobodies, and because they're authentic, because they're genuine, because they are not filtered, and they aren't partisan, people started paying attention, and they are joining us now: Elijah Schaefer and Sydney Watson. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I've had better <laughs> days, but uh, but it's good. Uh, so. Let's uh, tell me about the show, first of all. Well, I guess Elijah and I got to a point where we were tired of the same people talking about the same things again and again and again on repeat. And we thought, let's do something different. Let's do something that's actually nitty and gritty and that talks about what's actually happening in the news and what people actually care about. And so we just came together. Yeah, because, you know, we got this weird idea where I was, we were sitting down and I was thinking, you know, I feel so absolutely lost right now in the world because it's so confusing. It feels like it's by design. And so we were talking and I go, I feel like I'm a kid 
in a mall in the 1990s and my mom told me to meet her at Victoria's Secret and I don't know who Victoria is. I don't know why she has a <laughs> secret, but I, I know I have to find her. We don't have cell phones and all we could rely on, if you remember that, they had those uh, big maps in the mall. Yeah. People still go there. Right. And you would have to go to the map and you would look for the little pin that would say, you are here and you would use your current location to make sense of the whole layout of the mall. And I was like, it's so confusing that it's come to the point we're now every day we've got to get together, reorientate, and figure out exactly where we are in relation to the so world. So where are we today? <laughs> in a weird, weird, scary spot, I would say. <laughs> Which country are we talking about? I think that depends, well, too. Well, you are from, originally, you have Australian heritage. We got an update from Australia in hour number one of the program today, and what's going on there is I don't even, I mean, I don't even recognize Australia. Yeah, I mean, neither do I. To be quite frank, I look back at my home and I just go, well, for starters, I'm glad that I escaped to the last bastion of freedom, I suppose, if you can call America that these days. But when I look at my home state, which is Victoria, which is arguably the worst, it's sort of like the communist republic at this point, sort of similar to California. I just, I, I don't know, like, I kind of want to cry. In fact, I cried on Elijah's show recently talking about it, which is sort of, not normal for me because I, I don't understand how people are so willingly giving up their freedoms for a perceived sense of security. It's bizarre. I don't understand. It's weird because I, I was just talking to Peter Boghossian and I said last week, I said something that I never thought I would say. And that is, I feel like I, I, if this is what our government is doing in front of us, mm. God only knows what they're doing behind our back. And I, I wonder how long I can hold on to my citizenship. I, I would reject my citizenship if this is the road we're going down. I would have never said that. I yeah. mean, that's crazy talk. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I look back and I like I always thought that I would return to Australia at some stage. But then obviously now I have this brand new show and, and Elijah and I are doing a bunch of really cool things, which is really exciting. We have all these opportunities. But, you know, giving up my citizenship would is like a scary prospect. My mom, who is a, is a U.S. citizen, floated the idea of giving up her U.S. citizenship a few years ago. And now she's saying, Sydney, I'm so glad that I didn't because now she's desperate yeah, to get back into America. I know. So let me ask you this. Over the weekend was was 9-11. Uh, Jen Jackson, um, a PhD, tweeted two things. It's 20 years since 9-11, and I'm still really disturbed by how many white pundits and correspondents talk about it. We have to be more honest about what 9-11 was and what it wasn't. It was an attack on the heteropatriarchal capitalist systems that America relies upon to wrangle other countries into passivity. It is an attack on the systems many white Americans fight to protect. Wow. Someone fit, was that a tweet? That yeah. was a tweet. Someone fit that in a tweet? No, no, no. Well, it was two tweets. It was two tweets. But, but you have to realize, um, I don't know who that is, but I don't think she understands what the Taliban is or what Al-Qaeda is because they're very patriarchal. I don't think they are. I don't think we're fighting against male leadership in the United States if you've seen what's been going on there. But I, I did see this weekend, though, I really was blown away because, of course, the stupidity of the American left was on full display on one of the saddest days in, in our nation's history talking about how January 6 was worse uh, than 9-11 about how you know it, we basically deserved uh, the attack just like you read because the Taliban had to destroy our systems I would have to say the Taliban probably hates the United States less for our patriarchy and more for the cultural crap that these kind of people sure. are spewing I would say I would say the uh, now that Britney Spears is free to show her butt 
I think that they probably hate us more for stuff like that. Isn't it weird as well? These people who are making these this false equivalence to January 6th. It's like people were throwing themselves from the Twin Towers to either, I suppose, avoid burning to death or potentially, I don't know, perhaps so that their bodies could be found in the rubble. Think about that and think about the absurdity of saying that a couple people rushing the Capitol is on the same level. It's just bizarre. The left is so bizarre. So where do your... Where do your viewers, your listeners, your fans, where, what is the solution to people that uh, aren't as beat up and as tired as people my age? Well, the solution right now is, number one, is calculating the cost and how much and how far are you willing to go in order to stand up for what you believe in? Because I happen to believe I'm not against vaccines. My background's in biology, but I do see that, you know, we quickly went from a narrative of get a vaccine to protect your health, to get a vaccine so you don't lose your job, get a vaccine as Fauci was saying, possibly so that you can fly. You know, they're using, uh, for instance, an injection, a health decision as a uh, mode of pressure of, of loyalty, of alliance, of allegiance. And it's not going to stop with just a vaccine scene with just a jab. They're going to keep coming after you, going after every one of your privileges, your liberties. And so you have to choose which hill you're going to die on. And you have to ask yourself, just like people immigrated you know, from uh, Europe to the United States, young people have to realize the first step is you probably might have to leave your blue haven. You need to get into a place around people that that share more of your beliefs. If people could immigrate across the Atlantic Ocean, then you can probably move a few states away if you mm -hmm. need to. And also counting the cost of saying, is your job that you hate anyway worth not standing up for your beliefs? Is is your family and the pressure they put on you worth not fighting for what's right and for what's true? And unfortunately, we're seeing the, as the pressure increases, the more people keep giving up. And I don't blame them. And I'm not talking smack because I understand the pressure is tough. But as it gets tougher, you have to get stronger too. These are hard times. So let your weaknesses be refined into strength. I mean, Elijah and I actually talk about this a lot, uh, to be completely honest with you, about how people can actually go about fighting back. And I think that a lot of people feel that they don't have the correct uh, equipment, so to speak. They, they're not they're properly wrong. equipped. Yeah. I mean, and it's tough because, like, you got to put your money where your mouth is. I think that's the biggest thing mm -hmm. is that if people really want to do something, especially our listeners, who I think are pretty gung-ho about, about actually changing the state of the world or changing the state of the country, you have to be prepared to make sacrifices. And, I mean... We do the. I, I feel like at any person in media does that too because you get in. I, I, Glenn, I can't even imagine the hate mail that you get. It probably pales in comparison. Death threats a lot, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, people need to realize that. I mean, there's also heaps you can do at like a local level. I think about this all the time. Get involved in your school board. Go out and actually do things on a local level that changes the community that you live in. And that has far reaching effects, effectively. I, I, I would love for you guys to look up. Um uh, Solzhenitsyn, uh, Hednichen, I, I can't ever say his last name. Uh, he was uh, the uh, the heretic, if you will, that went in and out of gulags in the former Soviet Union. And he wrote something called Live Not by Lies. And he wrote it in 1973 or 74. And um, he, he he speaks directly to the the Soviet populace. And he knew he was going to be picked up again for a gulag. And so he released it. And it could be written today for America. Um, and in it, he talks about how we have to have a backbone. And he says, look, most people are not willing to go up and march in the streets. 
But there are things that you can do. And among those things are just not not endorsing or sitting through a lie when it's a lie. Have nothing to do with it. Um, Don't don't take a single line of distortion. Don't publish it. Don't write it. Don't sign it. Don't sit in your office when they say you have to be less white politely walk out and say i can't participate in this and he said if more people would do that you don't need a whole lot of bravery because once you collapse the lie in society and the people just won't do it they have nothing they 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 have absolutely nothing that will work and be effective against you and right now too many of us say well i don't know how to counter the lie You just remember what your mom and dad taught you as a kid. Just do those things. Just say, no, I'm sorry. That's that's not right. That's not right. And I'm not going to participate anyway. um, Thank you guys so much for being on the program. And we're really, really excited to uh, have you guys start your your new show. It's called You Are Here on Blaze TV. You can also find it at YouTube.com slash You Are Here Daily. Or blazetv.com, you are here. Sydney, Elijah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll be watching. Thank you. God bless. So it turns out that buying and selling houses sucks. I don't know if you've figured that out yet, but man, that sucks. It's kind of like the first time you get a paycheck and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much did they take out? Yeah, right. It's not as simple as it seems just exchanging a set of keys for a big fat check. On the selling end, you have inspections, repairs, remodeling, finally having to take care of all those things that, quite honestly, your wife has been saying for years you need to do. Then, on the buying end, you don't necessarily know what to look for. The kitchen might look great in pictures, but probably some of it's made out of cardboard. Uh, So... You need somebody who's a real professional, a real estate agent that's working for you, that knows all the ins and outs of the business, someone who knows the best practices and who can assemble the right team to get the job done. This is what I needed, and that's why I started realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Find the right person in your neighborhood or the one you want to move into at realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service, realestateagentsitrust.com. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. So uh, Sundays at my house have changed a bit since my son is now playing football. We are watching football at my house. Oh, no. uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's very Does that different. get in the way of the, the Broadway show tunes? Yeah, it actually does. Yes, it does, too. Uh, no, I mean, I've watched football before with my son and taken him to Cowboys games, etc., and he's never really shown any interest. Well, he's watching uh, the Cowboys. Obviously, wouldn't be interested. Why, uh, what human then. being would be? Oh, okay. So, anyway, um, he spent his day yesterday rooting against the Eagles. I might have had something to do with <laughs> How'd that. that go but, uh, How'd that go for him? How'd that go for him? I didn't, I didn't, watch, all I didn't, we didn't watch all the game. We didn't watch all the game. No, we didn't watch all But uh, But anyway, um, uh, it, it, you know, he said to me, Dad, you know, they played the uh, Black National Anthem, you know, uh, and I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. 
if you, everyone, a lot of people bring that up as the example of how woke the NFL is. And I, just because I've heard you talk about it so many oh, times. I love it. it. You love that song. And there's well, a great was, first story of all, behind it. Was it was written by a black Republican. Uh, and if you listen to the words, you know, the, the left says, we got we to gotta play the black national anthem. Eh, have you read the words? Because <laughs> I have no problem with the words. No problem with the words. I think referring to it as the black national anthem is a little, a little. Well, that's kind of what it was, though. It was kind of the. But it, we we're one nation. We don't have a nation. For no, black I know. People I know. A I nation know. for white I know. people. I know. That's the part I think people don't like. But the song itself, I remember you talking about in in glowing terms long oh. before. Yeah, long before that was. It was oh, yeah. on anybody's radar. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's kind of hard hard to say. Lift every voice and sing till the earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Hmm. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as a rolling sea. I don't. I just don't have a problem. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope. That the present has brought us mm. facing a rising sun. Our new day begun. Let us march on to victory is one. Well, I don't have a problem with any of those lyrics. I have a feeling, however, if this were actually our national anthem, there'd be a lot of people that would have a problem. And I don't think they'd necessarily be conservatives. Uh, yeah, because those those lyrics are not Ibram Kendi nope. lyrics. Those are nope. that's not that's not anti-racist baby type stuff. That's yeah. empowerment and that things yeah. are much better now than they were in the past. You're not allowed yeah. to admit that you if can't. you're on the left. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Uh, but uh, I don't have a problem with it. And I didn't think that it was over the top with the NFL this year. This is the Glenn Beck program.